In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. We are live on a Sunday, major Sunday, this time in the middle of May. It feels weird, but man, it would be nice if we had a competitive golf tournament to dissect. Normally on this show on Sunday, when we are live, one of my first orders of business, boys, is to go ahead and print out the leaderboard and make sure everybody's got a copy. Sort of like in church, Mr. Ronis, when everyone's got the hymn sheet handy in their pews mm-hmm. just in case they get lost i don't think today we got to do that there really is no need for that today unless you've got some second place calcutta between dustin johnson luke list harold varner and the kid named jazz, jazz. which we'll get to in a second first of all hello and welcome zabe here ronis is with me in the western studios John Gould, the executive director of the Mid-Atlantic PGA, is on the phone right now. Good morning, Mr. Gould. How are you? I'm well. Good morning. It's great to have a PGA championship in May where it's not 100 degrees and everybody's sweating uh, buckets. So. And, we're, and we're worried about thunderstorms rolling through and interruption of play right. and how's the course going to drain and how come they can't get this thing firm and fast, blah, 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 blah. Where are you today, Mr. Gould? I am back home. Uh, I was up at, at Beth Page uh, Thursday, Friday. My flight Friday night flight got canceled, so I didn't come back till Saturday morning. But um, it was great to be up there for a few days. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll get more of your insights on how it was up there. Uh, things you saw, things you thought about, things that you liked and didn't like. We'll get to that in a second. Ron Thomas is somewhere today, but is not picking up his phone. So we're working I got on Ron. I've tracked him. You've tracked him down? I've tracked him. Are we going to peg him in the second segment? I believe he was getting a bacon, egg, and cheese at Wawa. So uh, oh, we have tracked him Ronnie, down. Ronnie, get me one. Yeah. And get me one of those soft pretzels. <laughs> okay, topic number one, boys. Brooks Kepka is wreaking havoc on this tournament and the game of golf right now. I'll start with you, Ronis. What is the most impressive thing he's done this week and what is the most impressive thing overall about him now as a player accuracy accuracy off the tee as well as he's first in strokes gained in approaches so to put those two swings together I believe he's second or third in in uh strokes gained driving first in approaches uh, something like 36 or something in putting um you know the drive for show putt for dough analogy is is really no longer Um, But the ability to have uh, that kind of accuracy, which was totally necessary at this golf course, is very, very impressive. He's a basher, but he's not just a wild gorilla out there sending it hither and yon. He is absolutely not. And, you know, there was a little interview last night where uh, the piece that we we discussed earlier, Zabe. We'll get to it. We haven't discussed it on the air today about they, technology and training yeah. and all the things coming together. And they talked about just hitting it as far as you can because it's easier to hit a 9-iron than a 6-iron and blah, blah, blah. But the fact is that, that he has to put himself in the category of also very straight driver. So he hits it far, but he also hits it straight. But the other thing is and he's he hitting these, greens. He hits these nuclear butter cuts 
that slide four yards, which is the glory and the brilliance of Shot Tracer, to sit there and watch Kepka mash a ball and to have that red line paint itself on the sky. You just sit there mesmerized like a cat staring at a laser pointer in the house. Oh, look at that. But his approach was 10 feet, going into yesterday, was 10 feet closer than the average his approach shots to the green. Oh, yeah, his irons are great as well. It's incredible. And his putting is phenomenal, too. So he's got it working on all cylinders. John Gould, what is the most impressive thing to you about Kepka both this week and overall? Well, I think all you need to know about Brooks is uh, after Friday's round when he shot 65, he came in and said, we're going right to the range. I'm working on uh, just not hitting it very good. <laughs> he shot 65, which was the low, second low round to his own 63. Uh, well, I guess there was a 64 from David Lee. But anyway, very low round and just wasn't satisfied. He was, he was blocking a few things right. He was just not – he was a little bit off. And, you know, it, it, this is Tiger Woods' level of, you know, for a short period right now. We don't know it for, for a longer period from, you know, back in the early 2000s where he's just – Playing a different golf course than everybody else. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Tiger thing. We're going to talk about Tiger missing the cut. A rare feat for him because he is, of all the impressive things Tiger has done in his career, not missing cuts is easily the most underrated aspect of his Hall of Fame career. But we'll get to him in a second. Speaking of Tiger, so we now have to grapple with, boys, a larger question regarding Brooks Kepka, which is, okay, this is going to be today major number four and he just turned 29 on May 3rd. Grapple thing number one, am I saying that right? Yeah. Thing to grapple with number one is how many. The other thing is, is is he really next level, or is he just hot right now? Oh, that's a great, great question. I'm going to throw those at you, and then I'm going to hit you with another Going to hit you with the Mongolian, as my boy Hatcher likes to say, when he throws in a long putt on top of you. Uh, but go ahead, grapple with those two questions. I, I think it's a combination. How many, and is he next okay. level or just hot right now? How many? I'm actually going to put it at, um, <clears throat> he's going to win today, so seven. So he'll win a few more in his career. It's an he, incredible number, by the way. It's seven. an incredible number. Yes. He is next level because of his uh, ability and his body. And... The, the formula I always go with is, is uh, ability minus distractions equals performance. He has taken his distractions and changed him into a chip on his shoulder. Oh, as yeah, he's as, got the Michael Jordan motivation yeah, thing going. Yeah, as long as that can continue, I think he's going to win a few more majors. He's not going to – let's not talk about 14 or 17 or 18 or whatever. Let's talk about what he's capable. Is he capable of winning eight and nine and get into that elite class? Well, he's won four of the last eight, of, so yes. Of post-World War II players, here's your list if you think the number is seven. Here's your list of guys who have won seven. Post-World War II, that would be two guys basically. Sam Snead, whose last major was 54, and Arnold Palmer, whose last major was 1964. Otherwise, you're talking Gene Sarazen, Bobby Jones, Harry Varden. How many is Watson? Watson has eight. Gary Player has nine, Hogan has nine, Hagen has 11, Tiger has 15, and some guy named Jack has 18. John Gould, wrestle with those two questions. One, uh, how many? And two, is Brooks Kepka next level, or is he just hot right now? 
Uh, yeah, I, I think high single digits uh, certainly are, are on the radar, and, 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 and these type of events, the PGA Championship, um, you know, where it's all, you know, I'm going to brag on Kerry Hagan a little bit, but where it's all straight up setup. There's no trickery. Uh, it's not a U.S. Open, even though that's obviously he's, he's uh, won two of those in a row. Um, you know, he's going to dominate those type of things. And let's not forget, he lost by one stroke at Augusta with five three putts and four penalty strokes. I mean, he could have easily, yeah. with a little bit more uh, sharpness, uh, you know, added a Masters to his uh, uh, repertoire here. So um, I certainly think he's on a roll, and he's going to, as Rona said, he's, he's got the body and the, and the type right now that's going to, uh, you know, fit uh, a lot of golf courses. And then in terms of next level, yeah, I, I think he is. I think, and it, he, you know, he has a long career of playing on the European tour and, you know, kind of mucking it out in the minor leagues and, and has come through it on the other side with a, with a lot of experience and a lot of, as, as Rona said, that, that chip on the so- shoulder. Every time someone doesn't mention him, with the, uh, I thought it was a great quote from Brandel Chambly, uh, you know, who, who didn't think uh, uh, he was a favorite, and, and then he said, I felt like, Brandel said, he, he felt like he was getting a finger from Brooks for 18 holes right. on the opening day. I right. thought it was brilliant. Good. To which I, good for him. To which I said, well, I've been doing that every time I watch live from anyway, Brandel, so I don't know why you didn't feel yeah, my he, fingers. He should feel many fingers through the TV set. I have one thing to say, and the only thing we have to worry about is, again, the body structure of how well that will hold up because it is right. a tighter, <laughs> bulkier body structure. And we've seen some of those body structures break down. So that's what we have to be concerned about a little bit. And we've seen violent swingers break down. I mean, Jason Day is constantly in the shop. I'm yeah. not saying one guy <laughs> yes, he is. Or, the, or the other, but still. Uh, all right, I've got some thoughts on whether he's next level and if he's just hot with a few comparisons and a few cautionary tales on that front. And then we'll get into the uh, flip side of the Brooks Kepka question, which is... Is he actually good for golf, or is he so utterly dull that it's a net negative? I've got a buddy of mine who just can't stand him. I'm trying to warn him. I'm like, (laughs) get on the Brooks train or get run over. It's your choice. Stop hating on this guy. I've become a huge fan. I think he's kind of embraced his inner heel. All right, John Gould, stay with us on the phone. We'll get back to you in just a second. I know you're not going anywhere. We're going to locate Ron Thomas. More from the Capital Golf Gang. On the Team 980 and the Team. And we are back on the Capital Golf Gang live Sunday morning edition. PGA Championship, Beth Page Black. We have found Ron Thomas, our longtime former University of Maryland player, who is currently on the road back from where, Ron? Did you go this weekend? I've been in Virginia Beach. How we doing, boys? Doing good, man. Play some I, golf. Uh, play some golf. Golf down there, as Lee Trevino says. Yeah, I played Bayville yesterday, thanks to my man John Gould hooking it up. Nice. And uh, just an unbelievable facility. And then the pleasure, we had the pleasure of seeing the one and only Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band last night. Oh. Virginia Beach at the amphitheater, and it was phenomenal. It was so good. And now we're on our way to Williamsburg to play the Williamsburg Club, which John Gould also hooked up. So it's been a great, 
couple days here. You know, uh, I haven't been able to watch much golf, though. That's okay. I'm going to ask you some generic questions. You'll ace it anyway, Ronnie, okay. because you're just a smart guy who knows the game. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Here's all you need to know. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka has a seven-shot lead today. There is yeah, one. Well, I know that we watched the Golf Channel. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and and and, and there is one. Yeah. And there is one water hazard on this golf course. Yeah. Ergo, there's yeah. just not enough doubles out no. there for him to lose. It's impossible, basically. No. And Greg Norman is not <laughs> in the field. Okay, so I was asking the question, Ron, and I'll let you answer it about: Is Brooks Kepka next level? And how many majors is he going to win? Or is he just hot right now? And the reason I ask it is because Kepka's going to win his fourth major, and it's all going to come in a span of just over two years. Rory McIlroy won four majors, and they came in a span of three years. Jordan Spieth has won four majors, and they came in a span of just two years. Actually, three majors, not four. Uh, all, three, these, yeah. all these guys, Rory and Spieth, also, like Kepka this year, threw away a Masters green jacket. Rory, when he disintegrated on the final day. Uh, Spieth, when he dunked it in the water on 12, as did Kepka did. So, in other words, we've seen this movie before where we think a guy like Spieth or Rory are next level, and in fact, they were just hot at the time. So, I'll let you take it from here, Ron Thomas. Is Kepka next level? Oh, he's definitely next level. And the reason why he is next level is because of the consistency with which he plays in the major championships. And I know that's exactly what we're talking about with Rory and and Jordan and all these guys, but this is so far beyond comprehension. You know, when we talk about the great players of the past compared to the great players current, uh, and we always say, well, you know, this, this crop of players nowadays, it's so much harder to win. It's so much harder to dominate. I mean, this guy, it, it, this is laughable what's happening. Um, he, to make it look so easy, it's kind of, you know what it is? It's strange. It's hard for me to sit here and analyze it as an experienced golf person because there's no really way to analyze it because it just is what it is. It's right in front of you, and what's right. occurring is, it's so strange. It's, it's so weird that this guy can be this good, this consistently. That said, and wonder what it is. What's the catalyst for it? Is that, it being in the gym? Is <laughs> it not giving a crap? I mean, what is it? A lot, a lot of guy. All these guys, almost all these guys, except for Lumpy Heron, who I think is not on the tour anymore, are in the gym. They're all in the gym. I mean, a lot is made of Kepka being in the gym because he looks like the best athlete out there, other than Tiger Woods, and he's a lot younger. So it can't just be that. It has to be something else. This then pivots us, Ron and Mr. Ronas, to a a secondary question, which is, who is this guy, and how are we as golfers going to get our arms around him and love him? Because he's not likable by everybody. (laughs) My boy, Cowboy Mike, derisively calls him Bruce Kepka on purpose. He's like, he said, (laughs) Ronnie, he said today, or or Friday, he's like, yeah, great. Can't wait to watch Bruce Kepka out there boring oh, us yeah. to tears. And that's classic McGowan. Right. And there is some legitimacy to this because he is not dynamic. Why what is it gonna take to get behind Brooks Kepka as worthy of watching and carving out your day for? Well, I 
look, when we, when we from a PGA golf professional perspective, we want everything to increase the population of the game and the participation of the game. Well, this is as I've said before with a couple other guys. This is a Yvonne Lendl ish. But Lendl was not. Well, was Lendl as dominant? Oh at, yeah, he was. Oh, Lendl was dominant. For a stretch, was, yeah. Yeah, and he was you know against. McEnroe and Connors and those guys, and it was actually just after and just before Sampras. But wasn't Lendl like? Boring. Wasn't Lendl like your ping pong buddy who never missed? He was like a brick wall, he basically. A, he was a robot, oh, right? Yeah. Right, and okay. and really not a whole lot of personality, and so not a but bad not, guy, but not good looking, and not American either. Right, I mean, Kepka should be easy marketing catnip. Look at the smile. Look at how handsome he is. He's American. He dominates. He hits the ball a long way. I this is what I've said to people for the past week. What does he need I don't to do? Dislike Kepka? Yeah. I just don't love him. How about a fist pump? Yeah. Why right. why Ron why Ron yeah. is Tiger Woods the only player in our recent lifetime that knew how to properly pimp a big putt or a big shot? A big twirl and catwalk pre-apex down the fairway. A fist pump like it matters, like an athlete does. Not this three-finger tour, oh, oh, thanks. Oh, you're clapping for me. Oh, the the cap tug, the two-finger cap tug. Is there any chance that they've seen the uh, classic David Duvall trying to pump his arms in the Ryder Cup? And <laughs> oh, yes. said, you know what? I just don't want to look like right. this. All right, Ron, go ahead. I've, I've, got, I've got the answer. Tiger Woods is a performer. He is uh, all literally all the world was is and was his stage, particularly when he was in between the ropes. That is that is what was so endearing about him. And that is what people admired is exactly what you're talking about. The proper time for the fist pump, Um, you know, just the way he carried himself. You know, when you get down to human nature, it's pretty simple. People tend to look at one another and analyze them, and especially men looking at women or women looking at men or golfers looking at other golfers or rich people looking at other rich people. And when you're watching someone on television, the first thing you see is their appearance. And his appearance, he has this strut. He has kind of this, I'm a really bad, I'm a badass. Yeah. I've got these kind of these shoulders that move, and it's kind of a contrived walk. And exactly what you're saying, the, the emotion, uh, we want to see how you're feeling. We don't want, we, we want to we, be you, first right. of all, when it comes to talent. Sure. And, but we don't, we show me what you're feeling <laughs> but, but right he now. wants to be John really Wayne. That easy? Hold on. Is it really that easy to you? Tell, I mean, show me what you're feeling. And when you don't show that, then you're, you're not going to be loved and adored and, in some senses, support it. You're going to be Bruce and, Kepka, and so the, wa- the walking yeah. dopey Chippendale dancer <laughs> right. who's really good the at golf. Dopey <laughs> <laughs> and yes. you'll be the guy that is hard for the public to wrap their arms around. The other thing that set people off about Kepka is these comments that came out, a little bit here, a little bit there, about how he's not a golf fanatic. And how he really always wanted to play baseball. What I think we want is we want a golf romantic who grew up dreaming with the posters of Nicholas and, and Hogan on the wall. I don't think they made Hogan posters. Probably, I don't no. think they made Nicholas posters. Who makes golf posters for kids to put on the wall? Yeah. But we want a golf romantic who can quote uh, Tillinghast design features and can remember the nuances of Willie Park Jr. And we want that guy to be the best player in the world. Not a guy who's like, 
You guys stink at this game. It's easy. I should be playing baseball right now. <laughs> right. You losers, I'm going to go work out. Right. <laughs> and so that's why it's hard right. to get your arms around. But I maintain you can't be as good as Kepka without loving the game at a at a very deep level. You have to. You Yeah, that's that was our discussion about Tiger a few weeks ago. As you know, did he the guy that crazy guy that we had as an interview that said, I don't think Tiger likes the game. That was right, Thompson. Well, he's insane. The The fact is, all these guys have to love the game because of the time. It takes. The time he puts in the gym, yeah, it's nice to look in the mirror, but the time he puts in the gym makes that club feel like a toothpick, makes him be able to launch a four iron onto the green when other guys can't. Right. That's the proximity that we're talking about. That's the strokes gain being number one. All that work turns into golf. He's not putting a glove on and jumping over the wall to catch a ball in center field. So he's got to love the game to put in that time. All right, Ron, we'll let you go, but real quick, who wins second place today? <laughs> Dustin Johnson, the kid named Jazz from Thailand, Luke List, Harold Varner. There's your quartet at five under par. I think Shoffley's going to play well today. Shoffley's at three. Lose. Shut up. He's going to lose. Oh, you're insane. Right. Get out of here. All right, buddy. Bye. All right, See safe driving. There you Bye-bye. go. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, talk about the venue. We'll get Mr. Gould back on the phone. You're listening to a live Sunday morning edition, championship edition of the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. We're back. Zabe, John Rodas, John Gould on the phone. Sunday edition of the Capital Golf Gang Live PGA Championship. Brooks Kepka goes off today at 2.35 uh, alongside Harold Varner third, which I think is a, is a great story, especially because, you know, uh, minority involvement and uh, diversity in the game of golf is great for everybody in, involved in the game. And Harold has been around and known as an entity and has earned his tour card now for the last four or five years. We had a chance to interview him at the uh, uh, at Congressional when the tour stop was there about five years ago. Don't ask me, Mr. Ronas or Mr. Gould, what the tournament was called that year. It's changed venue and sponsor title. Dates. It's changed everything. Uh, and we don't have one now this year, so that's kind of sad. <laughs> So he's in the final pairing with Kepka. That's going to be, I think, a huge growing experience and learning experience for a guy like Varner. Uh, so that's good for him. And then you got Luke List, Dustin Johnson, and this kid, Jazz Janawadanand. I think I said that sort of right. That's pretty good. Thailand, Jazz Janawadanand. Uh, he has been playing some golf. What do you know about this kid from Thailand, Mr. Ghoul? Well, I do know that Jazz is a nickname. Uh, um, I read his first real first name, but I couldn't tell you. But it was uh, his dad named him that because he was a big fan of jazz music. And, of course, the immediate pun that everybody has come up with is that he's playing very smooth golf. Smooth uh, jazz. So, um, yeah, but he's, he's, getting a, he's a very good putter, apparently. That's, that's his uh, number one trait. And, uh, but, you know, obviously he's getting the ball around and being accurate enough to battle the beast of best page black and it is a beast that's for sure i'm looking and we'll talk about the venue in just a second uh i'm looking at his profile here online is this right he's five foot four 
What are you he, laughing he's at? Probably less than 150 pounds. Is that true? That's insane. That is insane. Yeah, he's five I mean, I, foot. No, there's nothing. Four. Not that you can't play and he's, five foot and four. And he's hanging in there. You're competing against beasts on one of the biggest yards in all of golf, which is what we'll pivot to to talk five about the venue. Four. My goodness. Okay. First of all, when it comes to Brooks Kepka, I do think he's next level ish. But I'm I'm gonna hedge a bit to say he could also just be hot. I'm also gonna say, with this his fourth major coming up today, what do all four of his majors have in common? They have come on big yards. Yeah, you know Aaron Hills, Bell Reeve, Shinnecock, and now Beth Page. These are massive major championship yards, uh, which don't have a lot of trickiness or peril per se. Yes, you can hit it in the rough. But they are big yards where the biggest of bombers like him have a huge advantage. I think big yards with rough. They they are with the rough, yeah. but it's the rough uh, Mr. Gould is like a half shot penalty it seems from what I've seen. You can get home on greens from the rough if you're far enough down. Yeah, if you don't get out to the to the fescue, which you, you know he's he's been in maybe once, um, you can advance the ball. And let's not forget, he's so darn strong right. that you know that is a less of a penalty for for it is for some of the other guys. If Jazz is trying to hit out of that stuff, you know he's either smothering it or or laying up. But but Brooks is so darn strong that you know he can muscle. I, I mean, on I was watching him eighteen on Friday. He was in the long stuff. Uh, but he muscled it up on the front edge of the green. It nestles, it rolls out to eight feet. He makes birdie where everybody else is probably laying up and trying to salvage a par. Yeah. I think that at, at the Open, at the U.S. Open, at Pebble, I would, I would say that Kepka is not going to walk away with that one, no matter how well he's playing, because a lot more trouble out there. There's a lot of water hazards. There's out of bounds on certain parts of the golf course. On the backside, the greens are tiny. Yeah, big these difference. are these are big greens. Humongous. It's a big yard, Beth Page. And from a viewer standpoint, I've never set foot on it, John. It 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 looks obviously great. The People's Country Club. Give me a break. Right. They, they, right, pour, right, right. they pour so much money into that thing. Yeah. It's crazy. I, it's like a it's like a taxpayer gift to residents of Long Island because their rack rate. What is their rack rate, John Gould, on this course? Uh, well, in state or out of state, but out of state it's in, 150. In state, it's like uh, 60 bucks. I mean, come on, that's that is called welfare for the w- rich. Yeah, right there. But good for but them. But it hasn't always looked. When I played it in college, believe me. Oh it no, it was run like down yeah. until the USGA put it in their rotation, right. and now the PGA, it was not ready to host a major. Right. Not ready to not host it, anything. It wasn't ready to host a municipal. Several yeah. million on it. Right. USGA contributed a lot of money for that. All right, so here's my take on the course, and then I'll shut up and let you tell us more about it because you were there, Mr. Gould. I'll take a line from one of the great episodes of Family Guy when uh, Peter was talking about The Godfather. I believe Beth Page is fine, but it it insists upon itself. Just like Peter said about The Godfather. You didn't like The Godfather? No, no, I didn't. I didn't care for it. It insists upon itself. I feel like whenever there's a major at Bethpage, there's too much pushing of it down my throat by commentators and everybody else. 
I there's nothing that really tickles me about this course. It's a big yard. It's in great condition. There's a few holes that I sort of remember. That's about it. Okay, I'll shut up. I'll hang up and listen, as they like to say in radio. Mr. Gould, talk to me. Well, first of all, I mean, it is just gargantuan, as you said, a big yard. I mean, all those par fours that are greater than 500 yards. I mean, it's almost like the first two holes are don't belong in the golf course because, you know, even though the first hole's like 430 dog leg, they're, they're cutting the corner and they've got 70-yard flip wedges in. And two's the only par four on the golf course below 400 yards, but it's a it's a tight dog leg with an elevated green. But then everything else is just monstrous. And, you know, I guess, you know, if you took out Brooks because of his gift of hitting it long and straight, you know, we have a hell of a tournament going on. We really on. do. We've got a bunch of guys at five, four, and three. Um, you know, without Brooks in the equation, this would have been, uh, you know, as you said in the, in the opening, we'd be analyzing who's going to win and predicting all this stuff and who's going to uh, pull it out. But, um yeah, there, I mean, it, without Brooks Kepka, there's ten guys within two shots of yeah. each other. Yeah, we would have right. a ten-way horse race. But all right, let me go ahead and flip it this way: Would this golf course produce compelling golf in a ten-way race for the title? The back nine is gigantic. It, it's thirty-eight hundred yeah. yards. You get to seventeen, which is a brutal par three, which will definitely produce some drama. The only thing I don't like about, and I, I've, I've played college tournaments there, uh, 18 is not the most stimulating of holes, so your and last they, holes and they hard, They special. toughened it up. They pinched in the fairway, right, yeah. Mr. Gould? Yeah, and, 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 but, it, but it's not long. It's 411 yards. Um, the, the trick is going to be where the hole is today, and I, I wish I had looked already. I saw the hole locations last night, but um, you know, if they can put it in an inaccessible spot, either vary the front edge or the back right, it'll be front uh, left that or would back make it right. a little bit more dramatic. Uh, yeah. but, but what I like about this course is, yes, it is so tough, especially the last, well, basically the whole back nine, but that last, those last five or six bear. holes, we can have guys go backwards very easily, but there's holes you can birdie. You get a ball in the fairway. These guys are so good, and they're hitting it, you know, Brooks is, but the rest of them still are hitting it 300 yards in the fairway. You know, you've got to you've got a chance to make some birdies, too. All right, let's uh, pick at some other things, uh, random things from the tournament. Uh, Adam Scott, once mm. again, another good major, uh, but he cannot putt from in close to save his life. The thing that I couldn't believe was that Golf Channel showed that he is number one in strokes gained putting from 15 to 20 feet. It's unbelievable. And he is 256th in strokes gained four to eight feet. Yeah. I saw that same exact stat. It's incredible. And even the amount of feet of putt he's made this week is astronomical. And one didn't even count yesterday. It was like 50 feet because it was on the fringe. So it's th- they pain- talked to Duvall about being mental or physical and a combination of both. And it is a combination of both. No, it's not. It's all mental. I'm sorry to disagree with the instructor of the uh, Ronas Academies. Okay. But as a guy who knows what mental hurdles are in golf, because I've got them, <laughs> he is a basket case. The physical, the mechanical, don't you think Adam Scott has played enough golf and is athletic enough? He can handle the not that athletically necessary stroke of a putt. Of course he can. 
He's a basket case. He's putting with the flag in. He's putting with the flag <laughs> out. He's not anchoring, but he's got the long broomstick. The the thing on the end of that broomstick is the size of a toaster. It's embarrassing. I feel terrible for the guy because I love him. I love Adam Scott. And he can't putt. He needs to just go to a standard grip like any putt and just be athletic. Yeah, that would be great. Why don't, you know, why don't we just send him a quick email and just say, just can't by the way, any, today. Can't be any worse. What? Well, I, not from short range. It, it can't be could, any worse. It, well, he could miss everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, so that's one of the other stories. And then when we come back, uh, John Gould, we're going to talk about the four T's, as I have come to coin it, that have driven the game to the level that it's at right now. The four T's. What are the four mm. T's. Be thinking about that. I'm teasing you. That's one of them. With the four T's. <laughs> we'll talk about that next, plus anything we might have missed. Talk about some local golf as well here in the Mid Atlantic. The weather has been gorgeous. A little bit soupy this morning, but still, perfect day to get on out and play. So thanks for listening on your way to the golf course or wherever. We'll come back and uh, put a wrap on the show right after this. We're back. Final segment this morning, live Sunday edition of the Capital Golf Gang. Steve Zabin here. John Rodos of the Ronas Academy at River Creek in Leesburg. Call him for a lesson or look him up at RonasGolfAcademy.com. He's going to be bringing the game today to a number of players. He's all dressed up in his golf instructor <laughs> regalia. Big Sunday for you. John Gould, the executive director of the Mid-Atlantic PGA plus tournament rules official, uh, Give, give some shout-outs to our uh, local section members that made it to Beth Page as part of the PGA Club Pro Championship. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so John O'Leary, who's an a instructor, a teaching professional at, at Trump National D.C., uh, qualified by – we sent 16 uh, MAPGA professionals down to the National Club Pro Championship in Bluffton, South Carolina, and came in 13th, uh, so top 20 uh, advanced uh, to the PGA Championship. And an interesting story, so Brendan McGrath, another instructor uh, from Hidden Creek Country Club, um, a PGA pro- professional, uh, he qualified for the senior, Brendan qualified for the senior PGA at Trump uh, two years ago, the national uh, PGA senior PGA championship, and uh, John O'Leary caddied for him. Uh, so this year, uh, she was on the other foot. Brendan caddied for John, both at the National Club Pro and up at the PGA Championship. They were paired with Harold Varner the first two days, so that was great. I, I got to watch uh, probably, I don't know, 30 out of the 36 holes John played, and obviously Harold as well. And, man, he was in control of his golf ball. You know, yesterday, uh, no bogeys, uh, but just, you know, it was all intentional. There was no uh, no uh, shots offline or anything like that. But, yeah, yeah I just want to give John uh, – uh, the proper kudos for, you know, making it. And that course, uh, I talked to him before the round, did a little video for our, our social media, and he said, you know, this course is just a beast. You can't make a mistake. You miss the fairway, that's going to cause you to miss the green, you know. Uh, just, um, but still, represented us so well. Uh, very proud of him for making it, and it was quite an accomplishment. All right. Uh, very good. Also, a uh, couple things just before we get out of here today. I don't want to forget this. Uh, the New York Times did a long piece about tiger and back surgery and back fusion essentially the headline was tiger woods has won the back surgery lottery yeah did you read that piece there was a very good piece in the washington post by adam kilgore after the masters 
The New York Times did an even deeper dive that quoted a ton of doctors about back surgery, back mechanics, and everything else. It was fascinating to me. And it also was a little bit cautionary because they talk about how, hey, you know, even if you have a good result from back fusion like Tiger has had, the more strain you put on it, then the other joints and discs and, and uh, what you might call it, vertebrae, tendons, everything else. It all starts to go haywire, which yeah. maybe is why Tiger has such a light schedule planned yeah. for this year. He's played very little so far, and he doesn't have a lot else on his docket the rest of the summer. Yeah, I mean, once you fuse one level, it's it's very simple to go to the next level and it start to do the same thing. I was told earlier in the season by someone who has analyzed Tiger many times physically, they have no idea how he's put together right now. Yeah, well, it's, he's won the back lottery, yeah. apparently. Okay, the four T's that drives the game. First of all, I love the fact we have something called the Golf Channel. I love Duval. I love Rich Lerner, who is elegant, thoughtful, writes beautifully, loves the game. Nabilo is worthless and should have been fired years ago. Chambly, I can stomach because at least he brings up provocative, interesting things, and he does his research. But my God, sometimes he goes on these rants that are like, wait, what? So the, my main gripe is that you should be the sports center of golf, Golf Channel, what do I got to do to get you to show some highlights? You know, some of us don't have all day to sit in front of the TV and watch a golf tournament. Can you hit us with a good punch of eight or nine minutes of here's a bunch of players and a bunch of shots and some analysis? You know what I'm going to call live from going forward until they fix it? Four suits in the dark. That's yeah. all the show has become. Four suits in the dark yammering away on camera. Give us highlights. Okay, yeah, end of rant. I, I will, that's all right. I will agree that I do like I like those guys. Uh, I don't particularly like Chambly. I like Duval a lot. Nabilo, like you said, brings nothing to the table. What I find that they do is they have the highlights, but it's four minutes of one guy, then four minutes of another. So you don't get the Not flow even four minutes, bro. Or whatever, two minutes, I one minute. I was counting them. Not nearly enough for my liking. I don't see, here's a shot from this, here's a shot from this, and the flow of the tournament. I don't get in that highlight package a grasp of how the tournament how round was going. Go? Yeah, how do really guys don't. round go? How'd the tournament go? Who's making a charge? Who's falling back? And when did it happen? And, and against the other guys, Very that's frustrating. what I don't get. Okay, but that said, let me give Golf Channel props. They did a seven-minute piece, a produced piece that was gorgeous in its footage, its super slow-mo, the whole thing. And seven minutes is a long, it's an eternity in television. It was about the modern golfer. It was voice-tracked by Nabilo, who I'm sure didn't understand most of what was being said in there. <laughs> but he was the guy that chose to voice-track it. It was brilliant. It basically said, here's why guys today are so good. Here's why they murder the ball. I redubbed it the four T's. Ronis has been racking his brain. You I, think I definitely you've have got, three. You've got three of the four T's that comprise the modern def golfer and two. why the game has evolved to the point where it has... I'll let you go ahead and take a stab okay, at it. Okay, Tiger. Technology. Yep. I think Titleist. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I, and the, the only other one I can think oh, of is, you, this is, the easy one. is Tim Fincham. No! <laughs> uh, Ghoul, take a stab at the fourth tee that has driven the game uh, to these current levels. Um, 
it it has to do with the body, but I can't. Yes, I, can't, I don't, can't pull the T. Come on, it has to do with the body. Yeah, yeah. Th- these guys are all. What do fit. you do when you Fitness. work? What do you do when you work out? You. Golly. Tra- training. Hey! training, 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 training. Okay. Oh God. It, I. You Three know, out of four isn't bad. That no, would that's be good really in and regulation. That's really good. Now that the I'm surprised you got the T as Titleist. Now it's a little bit of a, a reach on the T for Titleist because all the ball manufacturers are making no, rocket but they ships were out of the piece. first, right? So so it's basically the ball that's Titleist, the T and Titleist, yep. and all those you know technologies. Uh, the technology of TrackMan. Oh, I could have put TrackMan. Oh, you could have put TrackMan. Maybe yep. that's a fifth T. Okay. Technology. They're talking about the uh, the Sam Putter Lab and the K Vest yeah. and these platforms. By the way, I need to get on some of these things. I got them. Come All on over. At once. Come okay. On come over. on over to the Rose Academy. Uh, and then the Tiger Factor, which is they all this generation grew up watching him smash the daylights out of the ball, and they said, "Well, I should do that too. Why not?" And the Tiger Factor is the biggest of all of them because of the fact that Tiger started to hit the ball so hard and the induction of metal woods and oversized metal woods that the ball had to change. So that was part of the Tiger thing. I don't know if the ball had to change or they just found a better way to make the ball. Well, it was spinning too much. I know, but think think if we were still making wound core golf balls. Right. What a waste of time if, and rubber bands that would be. But if we were still hitting it with persimmon woods, we could still hit them with, round, with, with, round, with wound golf balls. Sure, you could. You and could. you could and you could be playing balls that were so soft on the cover that if you caught it thin just a little bit, you'd put a crease in the ball. I had a whole bag of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is that is something, boys. That uh, younger players today have no concept, no of. idea of like, a ball with a, literally. They a would say, "Wait, the ball was so soft that you could actually dent it." Oh, cut it! Yes. Yeah, cut the golf ball. Yeah, right. You. <laughs> Ridiculous. Exactly, and it didn't go as far because it was that soft. It was like a damn marshmallow is what it was. Ridiculous is what it was. Well, I the piece was fascinating, and I liked Rory's comments in it, uh, Ronis, in that he said, well, of course this generation's better. It, we should be. If we're not better, then why are we doing all this yeah, stuff? I loved it. It was I a perfect it. answer. Now, yeah. it wasn't belittling the generation past. It was just saying we're using what we have at our fingertips, yeah. at our at our disposal, and the old guys would have done the same thing as well. And, and, you know, as an instructor, I'm a 50-year-old man, and for me, if I were to ever say, you know, I'm kind of an old-school guy, this and that, well, that would be a colossal mistake. Take advantage of everything you can take it. Sorry, take advantage of. Yeah. Use the technology. Train and train and train. Be the best that you can at whatever age you are and then you can look back and say, I did everything I could. There's one other T, and we got 10 seconds, and then we're out of here. Uh, trust. Sean Foley, who maybe is not your favorite, Ronis, because you hate all other instructors, basically. That's Selfish not true, Save. I'm just kidding. Uh, Foley said trust. He said the numbers are truth. Ooh, a seventh T. Great. Truth and trust. He said the fact the numbers are the truth, that it enhances trust between instructor and and player. I like Foley more than you think. Okay. Very good. Mr. Ghoul, uh, real quick, in 10 seconds or less, what's going on in the section? Uh, let's see. we got a quick event next uh, tomorrow at Musket Ridge. Our pro scratch. So we got a pro with the amateur with no handicap playing that Musket Ridge. I ran us right into a wall. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the Capital Golf Gang. <laughs>